Hello and welcome back to another episode of Investing Made Simple. This is your Socket, and I'm back with another episode for you guys today. But today we're venturing into another topic in the realm of finance. Today we're talking about the numbers, but from a corporate perspective. For those of you who dream about working in those manager and high profile positions, within high-profile companies, it is crucial to know about the numbers and what they actually mean. And so today we'll be covering the basic definitions of some financial terms and be covering what they mean and how they play in a company's performance. But before I actually get started, I know many of you want to expand your financial knowledge. So I actually have a collection of three books that helps touch upon finance throughout the three different ways that it can be applied in your life so in terms of corporate finance there's actually a book called financial intelligence by karen berman and joe knight um if you're looking to like the stock market a good book i found was stock investing it's in a series called back to basics and if you want to look into personal finance and how to look into your own finances um, there's a textbook called personal finance by garman and forg if i'm pronouncing that correctly It's a bit of an older textbook, but I found it very simple and it defines everything in a very clear and concise manner. But back to what we're talking about, today we are talking about corporate finance. And so, the first lesson that I want to elaborate for you guys is that if you're working in a company, you should never, ever trust the numbers. Finances for a company are often estimates, and to be honest, There are actually many companies that find perfectly legal ways to make their finances look better than they actually are. And if you don't believe me, search up the term one-term charge on Google. This essentially allows a company to take all their bad news and cram it into one quarter's financial results. So basically, their future quarters will look much better. And I know it sounds completely unethical, but it's completely legal for any company within the United States at least. And the manipulation of these minute details in the books is what makes finance so controversial. And that's why you can call finance an art, to be honest. The accountants and the various professionals in the finance department are artists that have to paint a picture that's really much more beautiful than it actually is underneath. Financial professionals and accountants are basically in charge of making reasonable assumptions from estimates that may or may not be accurate. And while I hate to use such a strong word, bias is probably present in the numbers. Uh, The numbers are painted in a way to make them seem better for the company or even worse for another company who might be a competitor. There are many variables in corporate finance that are frequently estimated. A good example I can give is revenue or in other words, sales, which actually refers to the value of what a company sold to its customers during a given time period. It seems simple on the outside, but when you dig into it, that's where the complications start. So let's say you own a bookstore, all right? And so your bookstore offers an actual store where you can buy books, and it also offers delivery. So when do you guys think the revenue should be counted in your books? Is it when the actual bill is paid or is it when the book is delivered? And to be pretty honest with you guys, that was a pretty easy example. 
There are companies that deliver a bit more complicated services. For instance, a contract might be signed, or there might even be an invoice sent out. And all these different scenarios are when a revenue could be charged. And that's where the problem lies. You see, according to a study done by the Deloitte Forensic Center, an insane 41% of fraud cases basically had a problem with revenue recognition. People will count the purchase as part of the revenue stream when it truly isn't just yet. And this brings us to a term that we call the income statement. And I'm sure if you heard this term before if you follow finance even in the slightest, but an income statement basically shows revenues, expenses, and profit for a period of time. Cute little nicknames for the income statement are a profit and loss statement, P&L, statement of earnings, or even statement of operations. The point of an income statement is basically to show the net profit, which is also known as a net income or net earnings. The difference between revenue and net income is that revenue is basically the raw amount in sales that you have made. But net income or net earnings is the, the amount of expenses that you have and you take that away from the revenue and what you're left with is a net income. So what that means is that a company with a high revenue might not necessarily have a high net income simply because they have a lot of expenses. And this occurs a lot in the business world. So back to revenue recognition. I think it would help you more if you looked at it on a bigger scale, to be honest. So a good example I can give is Xerox. While the entire world was playing checkers, Xerox was playing chess in revenue recognition. They improperly recognized almost $6 billion worth of sales. So keep in mind that Xerox sells office equipment but what they were doing is that they were selling equipment on four-year leases, including service and maintenance. But the thing was, they included all these additional costs in their revenue. They basically estimated how much maintenance a piece of equipment would need and added that cost to their revenue because they knew or estimated that people would come to them for that maintenance and would pay for that maintenance. Regardless of if that piece of equipment needed maintenance or not, that maintenance price was still being added to their revenue. The accountants at Xerox pulled out numbers out of their butt and were able to generate $6 billion, a whopping $6 billion by faking revenue and changing how their revenue rec recognition worked. And that's just one of the many ways companies have played with the numbers to make it seem like they had more money. Another example of these scandals that many companies do is that they actually play with their expenses. So how does that work, you might ask? But here's some bagger information. There are two types of expenses, capital expenses and operating expenses. The difference between them is that operating expenses reduces the amount of net income you make significantly if you have a lot of operating expenses. Capital expenditure on the other side basically spreads that blow to the business over several accounting periods. You can split that expense and so it seems like less but you do over a longer period of time. So based on that, what do you think would happen if a company had a lot of operational expenses? Guess what? They move their operational expenses to their capital expenses so they can basically increase their net income. 
This happened to a telecommunications company called WorldCom in 2002 and they ended up going bankrupt and into a lot of trouble. Although there are some rules in place that prevent these type of scandals from happening, the rules also leave a good deal up to the individual ju judgment of the accountant and financial professionals. And these judgments literally can affect the company's profit and at the end of the day affect the stock price too. If you have listened to my previous financial podcast, you know that one good way of investing in the long term is looking at the financials of a company. And so if a company can make their financials look good, they'll basically attract other investors and therefore increase the stock price and therefore become a more valuable company. But you can see how much the numbers can be manipulated just to make a company look better. And that was the entire point of today's episode. So it may seem counterintuitive to what I've said in my previous episodes, but don't always trust the numbers. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Investing Made Simple. I hope you guys have a great day.